Good morning, church. If you are a member of Calvary Watford, you will know that due to uh, the coronavirus, our, our Sunday morning services have been cancelled until further notice, as well as all the other ministries that we have within the church. So in light of this, um, Pastor Danny and I will be recording our Sunday messages and we will be uploading them onto the church website. And there certainly is, isn't there, a lot of fear over this virus. And, and, and I want you to be encouraged um, to, to stay calm, but also be prudent. And we say that advice in Proverbs 27, verse 12, where it says, A prudent person foresees danger and takes precautions. And then it says then that the simple goes, they go blindly on. And they suffer the consequences of their actions. So please continue to heed medical advice, but also look for ways in which that you can help and encourage um, other people, both within your families, within your community. Um, and I know you guys are doing that already. Um, and this is certainly, isn't it? It's, it's a great time for us to share our faith. You know, as Peter said in his first letter, he said, hey, we should always be ready to answer everyone who asks about the hope that lies within us. So use these coming days and weeks to speak to people about Jesus. And there are so many ways in which we can do that without having to meet people face to face. So don't, guys, don't give in to fear. Keep your eyes on Jesus and find hope in the fact that God has a purpose in everything that happens to you and I as believers. And that's the theme of this morning's message. And I guess if, if there's one word that I give this message, it would be hope. And we begin, I'll be chopping and changing into, into different different pieces of scripture if you have a Bible, um, uh, get ready. The first piece of scripture I look at is Romans chapter 8, verse 28. So that's Romans 8, 28. And Paul writes to, to the church in Rome. And he says, And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good, for those who are called according to his purpose. So this is a verse that we love to quote to people who are going through a tough time. But it can be a different story when we try to live it out ourselves. Now, the Apostle Paul understood that God was in control, that God is sovereign. So no matter what was happening in his life, he knew that God was going to work it together for good. Now, that certainly doesn't mean everything that happens to you and I is going to be good. You know, where is the hope in a cancer diagnosis or, a di or an injury? Where is the hope in a marriage breakup or a global pandemic? But no matter what it is that we are going through, this truth still stands. God is still sovereign. So the question is, how do you and I deal with that? How do we deal with our own sufferings and our fear? 
We believe in an all-powerful and all-knowing God who is working everything together for good for those who love him. So you can, if you choose, have hope in any situation because faith chooses to believe and trust in God. And the best example of this truth can be seen in the life of a man called Joseph. And here is a man that had it tough. Remember, he was sold into slavery by his brothers. He was brought to Egypt and he was sold to a high-ranking Egyptian named Potiphar. Then he was falsely accused by Potiphar's wife of, of sexual assault, which landed him in prison. But while in jail, we were told in Genesis 39 to 40, Joseph interpreted the dreams of two of his fellow prisoners. Both interpretations proved to be true. One of these men was later released from jail and restored to his position as the king's cupbearer. Now, a couple of years passed and the king had a disturbing dream. And it was only then that the cupbearer remembered Joseph's gift of interpretation. Joseph was brought to see the king and he gave the king the meaning of his dream. And he advised the king to make preparations for a future famine. For this, for this wisdom, Joseph was given a position in his government, second only to the king. And I love when Joseph meets his brothers and, and they're reconciled. And this is what Joseph said to them in Genesis chapter 50, verses 20 to 21. He said, as for you, speaking to his brothers, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good to bring it about that many people should be kept alive as they are today. Joseph saved not only the Jewish nation, but an entire region from famine. And as Joseph looked back over his life, he could clearly see that God was working everything out for good. And there are times, no doubt, when he struggled. I'm sure resentment tried its best to, to work its way into his life. Sold into slavery by his own family. 13 years in prison for a crime that he never committed. But through it all, Joseph remembered the promises of God. Many of you have experienced the type of suffering where you have struggled to find some kind of hope. Maybe you're, you're struggling to find hope in this pandemic. But like Joseph, you must remember that God is working all things in your life for good. Paul told the Thessalonians in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, he said, give thanks in all circumstances all circumstances for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you now we may not always understand what's happening but we can rest in the fact that God loves us and that he has a plan for our lives listen to what Paul wrote to the church in Philippi in Philippians chapter 1 verses 12 to 14 he says, I want you to know, brothers, 
that what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel, so that it has become known throughout the whole imperial guard and to all the rest that my imprisonment is for Christ. And most of the brothers, having become confident in the Lord by my imprisonment, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. So Paul wrote this letter to the Philippians from a prison cell in Rome. And here he is telling everyone back in Philippi that despite his circumstances, despite his hardships in prison, God was working everything out for good. And that he had the opportunity to share his faith with the entire Imperial Guard. Something that would have never happened if he wasn't in prison. And I am already hearing from people how this current crisis has opened opportunities for them to share Jesus. And I'm so encouraged by that. You know, just as the the Philippian believers were encouraged when they when they saw when when they heard that Paul was sharing his faith, you know, and they too became bold. No, church, this is where the rubber meets the road, where our faith meets the realities of life, the realities of fear, of suffering and pain. Peter wrote in his first letter, chapter one, verses three to four, he said, blessed be the God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to his great mercy. He has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled and unfading, kept in heaven for you. Paul here is reminding us how we have a living hope. But what is this living hope that Paul is talking about? It's a hope that has conquered and defeated death. It's Jesus Christ. He has provided us with this living hope. Now, how did he do that? He conquered death. But how do we know that Jesus has conquered death? Where is the proof? It's the resurrection. Jesus told the Apostle John in Revelation chapter 1 verse 18 he said I am the living one I was dead and now look I am alive forever and ever and I hold the keys of death and Hades you know when keys are mentioned in the Bible they usually represent control or authority over something or someone so because of his resurrection Jesus has total authority over death. Therefore, he can release from death all those who receive the free gift of salvation. Remember when Martha came up to Jesus and he said, this is in John chapter 11. He said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother, speaking of Lazarus, would have not died. And listen to Jesus' reply. He says, I am the resurrection and the life. 
Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. That's an incredible promise, isn't it? And as a child of God, you possess eternal life right now. And nothing or no one can steal that from you. So no matter what happens, no matter what these coming weeks bring, we still have hope. And it is Jesus who has provided us with such a hope, such a hope, because Jesus is our living hope. Remember how Peter, how the Apostle Peter proudly declared to Jesus in Matthew 26, 35. He said, even if I must die with you, I will not deny you. And what did Peter do? He did exactly what Jesus said he would. Denying him three times. Peter understood that his faith was weak. But he also experienced a God who did not give up on him. People understood that his hope had to be based on God's mercy and grace. Grace is where you depend on God. It's where you depend on his power to change you. It's depending upon what God has already done for you, for us on that cross. God's grace is more powerful than any sin in our lives. And it's from this position that we can stand. True, there, there will be times when we will struggle. But it's a struggle in a war that has already been won. The Apostle Paul wrote... In Titus chapter 3 verse 5, referring to Jesus, he said, He saved us, not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit. We are saved according to God's grace. So it's not about our attempts at holiness. It's about what God has already done for us on the cross. Listen to what John wrote in his first letter, chapter 2, verse 2. He said, referring to Jesus, he is the atoning sacrifice for our sins. And not only our sins, but also for the sins of the whole world. Jesus took the bullet. Jesus gave his life so that we may live through him. So God has already done the work. If you're not a believer, then know that God loves you and he is offering you salvation as a gift. All you have to do is accept it. All you have to do is trust. Trust in Jesus as the payment for your sins. It's that simple. Jesus Christ laid down his life so that God's mercy could be poured out upon all those who would believe in his name. And on the third day, God raised him from the dead to prove that his sacrifice on the cross was acceptable. The resurrection is the key to this hope. We are born again because of his death and resurrection. Jesus rose from the dead. Peter saw the empty tomb. Peter saw the risen Lord. 
And so did many, many more. And we have eternal life in a Savior who has conquered death. So our hope is alive because Jesus is alive. Jesus told us in John chapter 14, he said, not, Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and I will take you to myself, that where I am you may be also. Jesus is preparing a place in heaven for us. And here he is promising that he will come back for us. He is coming back and he will make everything right. He will rule, he will govern this world. That gives me great hope. When I remind myself of these promises, which, which I am doing a lot more lately, I find that my fear, my, my anxiety is replaced with hope. Jesus said to Nicodemus in, in John chapter 3, verse 3, he said, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. But it's down to each individual to accept what Jesus did for them on that cross. It's a decision every person has to make for themselves. So as Christians, we are born again into a living hope. But we are also born into an inheritance. An inheritance that is, as Peter says in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 4, it's imperishable, undefiled and unfading, kept in heaven for you. Peter here, he's talking about all the blessings that await us in heaven. We have a living hope, an everlasting life, and an inheritance waiting for us in the glory of heaven. The Apostle Paul wrote about this future glory in his letter um, to the church in Rome. In, in Romans chapter 8, verse 18, he said, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. Now this word consider that Paul uses here means to weigh something. So how do you get through the difficulties of this life? How do we get through what you and I are experiencing now? You take all of it, all the suffering, the fear, the anxiety that you and I will experience and have experienced, and you compare it to what awaits us when we die, when we go to be with the Lord. And as Paul says, there's no comparison because our suffering in this life is temporary, but our glorification is eternal. Again, Paul said the same thing to the church in Corinth. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 17, he said, For our present troubles are small and that they won't last very long. And then he says, Yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. 
You know, and there were times in Paul's life when he thought about the treasures that awaited him in heaven. And I'm sure he did it on a regular occurrence because Paul could certainly speak about suffering. He tells us in his second letter to the church in Corinth how he was beaten. He was shipwrecked three times, spending a day adrift at sea. He was a man who he struggled against the elements, against robbers. He was in danger, as he explains, from both Jew and Gentile. He suffered hunger and thirst and sleepless nights. And he did it all for the gospel. Paul understood suffering because he experienced it. Remember that it cannot be compared to what awaits you in heaven. Don't forget about your heavenly inheritance. An inheritance that is imperishable, which means it cannot be dis- it cannot be destroyed, undefiled. Your inheritance cannot decrease or be cheapened. Why? Because it's perfect. And your inheritance is unfading. It will never grow old or wear out because it is eternal. Peter Peter's words echo what Jesus said in Matthew chapter six. He said, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. So church, we serve a living God. We serve a a living and powerful saviour who has all the strength and power that you and I need to live this life. We have a glorious hope, a living hope in him. So if you find that your fears are getting the best of you, pause for a moment and remind yourself that Christ is risen. Jesus is alive. Our Lord has risen from the dead. So our hope, it's not wishful thinking. Our hope is alive because Jesus is alive. And our inheritance is secure, it is eternal, and it is glorious. Now, if you're listening to this this podcast, to this sermon, and, and you're not a Christian, then I pray that you would invite Jesus into your life. God, in his great mercy, offers you a new life through his son, Jesus Christ. David declares in the Psalms, Psalm 86, verse 5. He said, for you, Lord, are good and ready to forgive. And abundant in mercy to all those who call upon you. Your hope needs to be in Jesus Christ. Because there is only one way to the Father. There is only one way to heaven. There's only one truth and one life. And it's all found in Jesus. The blood he shed on the cross is the only thing. The only thing that can save you. So please put your faith in Jesus. Repent of your sins. Believe that his death and resurrection provides a way for you to be forgiven. A way for you to be redeemed. Listen to what Jesus said in Revelation chapter 3 verse 20. 
He said, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and we will share a meal together as friends. So I'm asking you now, if you're not a believer, will you respond to this invitation? Will you open your heart to him? If you want to do that, then all you have to do is pray. So will will you join me in that prayer? So just say, and mean it from your heart. Just say, Lord, forgive me. Lord, forgive me. I am a sinner. Jesus, please come into my life. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Help me to turn away from my sinful lifestyle and follow you. Amen. So if you've given your life to the Lord, then you can message me via the website. My phone number, my mobile is on the church website as well, calvarywaterford.com. Please get in contact. So, church, let's pray. Lord, we ask that you would please comfort those who are, who are struggling with fear and anxiety. Remind them, Lord, that you are still on the throne and that you are still in control. Lord, we pray for all those who are ill. We pray for healing. We also pray for those who are caring for the sick for the doctors and nurses and, and all the hospital staff. And Lord, we just we thank you for them, for their love and courage, and ask that you watch over and protect them. Amen.